When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Better off. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 176 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co host, Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. Linda Surovich is off this week, so it is a two-woman pod for you guys this week. Um, but, you know, as usual, like, Mets are just playing out the string, so they're not that exciting to talk about, so might as well only subject two of us to doing it at any given time. We can't get big names like Rafael Ortega to fill in for Linda. We're not fancy. Yeah, we're not. Um, but the Mets, unlike most weeks of the recent past, and the Mets did actually have a good week last week, partially because they played like two of the only teams who are having a season as depressing as they are, um, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals. The Pirates season started off pretty good. They were a, a surprisingly like a surprising team. Uh, it was the- one of the maybe the Pirates will be good this year years. Never mind. There are a few of those. It's just that those years are wrong. Never mind. Uh, yeah. And I guess the Cardinals are kind of the closest thing to the Mets that exists elsewhere in the league in the uh-huh. sense that they are a massive disappointment this year. Um, and yeah, they might be the only team that's like kind of more of a hot mess than the Mets are in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, so. I feel like we're sort of better situated for this because we're usually a hot mess. So we were ready for it. Whereas Cardinals fans. Similar to um, Yankees fans, not used to Yeah, it. they have not gotten to exercise those muscles very much and they are extremely confused. Yeah, it's funny because. speaking of like Yankees fans not being used to it like I obviously like have not been following what the Yankees are doing day in and day out except the the fact that I know that they've been playing poorly but like the the way that the Yankees fans have been reacting online I was like oh do they have the same record as the Mets they must be like 10 or 20 games under 500 no 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 they're like one game under 500 but this is how Yankees fans cannot even handle like having a losing season now to be fair the Mets are actually closer to a playoff spot than the Yankees are at this time despite having a much worse record because of yeah go figure the AL East is like tournament of champions right now it really is um before we um discuss actually the the standings um and more about that 
Uh, I guess we should kind of sort of talk about because the only thing that happened of note besides like the that the Mets won some games for a change um, is the whole like Pete Alonzo throwing the ball into the stands controversy uh, thing that happened. Um, this, this hits my like embarrassment, empathy button like nothing has in a very long time. Like I feel physically ill imagining myself having the baseball in my hand and thinking I'm supposed to do something different with this one and just throwing it in the stance and just flinging because, it because that's like exactly what happened. And it's exactly what I would have done. And everyone would have been shouting at me and all mad. And that's what happened to Pete. And I'm like, Oh my God, I feel like people are shouting at me. Yes. Like the, the anxious person's worst nightmare, people yelling at you. <laughs> like and be like, why did you do that? Like, I don't, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is essentially how Pete me. reacted. <laughs> like it. So what happened for those of you who may have missed it because you aren't watching Mets games these days? Which hard to blame you if you aren't. Um, Mason Wynn is uh the Cardinals like one of the Cardinals' top prospects, and he debuted this week. Um, for the Cardinals, uh, he made his debut during the Mets series, and uh, he had his first major league hit, um, which was like kind of a like Baltimore chop down the third baseline that like Jonathan Arauz probably should have let roll foul, but picked it up with his bare hand and tried to make a play and was never going to because Mason Wynn is very fast. Um, so he beat it out for an infield hit. It was his first major league hit. Pete ended up with the baseball because Jonathan Arauz threw it over to first base late. Um, and so Pete Alonso had the baseball. Now, Normally, obviously, when a guy gets his first major league hit, you roll that ball into the dugout for him to save it uh, for his his mantelpiece or whatever. Um, Pete instead, like, chucked it into the crowd and it looked it looked bad in the sense that it looked like it was a bad look at first. But like if you were actually watching the play as it happened, the umpire said, we're going to switch this ball out. And I think Pete like wasn't thinking and thought he just meant because the ball was scuffed and the pitcher was going to get a new one. And what do you do when they change the ball out when you're getting rid of the ball? You throw it to a fan. So that's what he did, except they needed that ball. Yeah. Well, and it's and people are like, oh, no, it was, you know, he did it on purpose. Like, why? Why would he have done that on purpose, even to be a jerk? Like, all it would do is what happened, which is make everyone mad at him. And he got the ball back anyway, which almost certainly would have happened if he had done it on purpose. So like, why? There's no reason for him to do that. Like, what does he have against nefarious jerk? Who's just like waiting around for opportunities to, you know, screw over a young player by making him wait an extra four seconds for his baseball to get back to him. I just, no. Makes no sense. He what does is, he have against literally Mason Wynn? Beautiful airhead sometimes. And I can absolutely identify with that. People just. <laughs> or just like, what were you thinking? No idea. Could people not just don't understand you. our beautiful golden retriever who plays baseball. People don't understand him at all. And they misinterpret his like, his like vacant expression as malice. 
Like, and it's not he just he's just vibing guys i i regret to inform you that pete alonzo is not evil he's just vibing he has no idea what's happening at any given time and he also i will for anyone who missed the follow-ups to this he you know first of all they got the ball back like right away and then he gave the player a um an autograph bat and um a very very fancy bottle of tequila so again what like Seems to me that this was a net win. A net win for win, you might say. Yes, win. <laughs> Sorry, that was not that was but, not um, clear. Oh, and I just looked it up, and the the, the tequila that he got him was like two hundred dollars bottle. Yeah, and I I the first thing I looked up was not the price of the tequila, but whether Mason Win is old enough to drink, which is <laughs> how you which is how you know I'm getting old because I was like, is this young man old enough to be <laughs> consuming? This beverage that Alonzo's buying. <laughs> the answer is yes. Is he? he turned 21 okay. in March. <laughs> okay, thank goodness. I was like, I was like, leave it up to Pete, though, to like have this whole controversy happen because he like had a brain fart and then just have a second brain fart and give him a gift that he is it's illegal for him to have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> imagine it could get like even worse with layering um gifts to make up for the gaffes um but each one introduces their own gaff yes i feel like we can go someplace with this it's like oh i got you an edible arrangement Ooh, i'm allergic to strawberries (laughs) it's like oh my god i'm so sorry here is like box seats for fancy show it's like that's the night of my mother's funeral how dare you (laughs) yeah like uh, it would just keep going and going and it would be that would be like that's got to be the plot of a movie that would that it just yeah. keeps going um, either that or we need like an snl spinoff where they only do sketches about the mets which is probably a lot easier than it would sound to people who don't know much about the mets <laughs> so true um so yeah uh cardinals fans being well known for being the best fans in baseball as they say did not take this very well um and continued to insist that Pete Alonso is some evil evil genius after the fact even though Pete Alonso was practically in tears apologizing in the post game interview and did this very sincere gesture um cuz he's a big squishy lovey teddy bear people are determined like, to hate him though for I- some reason I don't get it, but they are, um, which is why the Mets have to extend him. Like I said recently, I made a tweet about this. The Mets have to extend Pete Alonso because no other fan base can be trusted to love him and understand him like we do. And also, Clearly. once again, the Mets vibes problems this season ongoing. The one way to guarantee to turn those vibes around is to give a golden retriever nine figures. So true. Yes. Um the other way, more long shot way than a Pete Alonso extension for the Mets to turn this season's vibes around and uh, arguably the most hilarious way would be for them to simply make the playoffs anyway, which is not it might happen. And it's so funny. It's so funny. It's not at all likely. But as we record this, so the Mets are currently, I think, still losing to the Braves, but not by much. They they were winning and then they were suddenly losing. Not not a new phenomenon. Um, it's literally David Peterson, but they were as entering play today, as we record this on Monday, they were seven games out of a playoff spot, which is a lot with not too many games left. But as we know, crazier things have happened when a team is seven games down with not too many games left to play. 
And the all the other NL wildcard contenders have played so unbelievably poorly that the Mets still find themselves somehow on the very periphery of this race. And I just think it would be funny. Like, has the universe considered that if the that the Mets making the playoffs would be funny? So it, it would be happen. very funny just to just to piggyback off of that. It would be one of the funniest things ever. It would be hilarious. And I think I also do have faith that the Mets would in the playoffs pull off at least one bizarre series win um, and possibly even ruin somebody else's postseason before eventually the dream thoroughly embarrassed. But I, I do believe that there would be at least one series where they'd be like, you just did that to the Mets. Like, like mind blowing, like, the Mets of all teams just took down your know, whatever superstar. I don't, I don't play baseball. So, but yeah, that, that seems like peak Mets get in there, ruin someone's postseason, and get out. And then gracefully bow out. I mean, <laughs> the Mets here's, here's the, here's the issue with the current iteration of the Mets. They have two very good pitchers still in Kodai Senga and Jose Quintana. The issue becomes after that, and that is the same problem. Like, it's the same problem. It's the same reason why they're probably not going to make the playoffs anyway, and why they would have trouble if they did. Because traditionally, you need pitchers. You need at least four, probably good starting pitchers. Maybe you can get away with three, but you probably you do also need, need some good relievers. And the Mets don't have those either. No, they have Brooks Raley and kind of. Adam Adamino, and then a never-ending carousel of everybody else. Um, which, yeah, I, I wrote some roster notes down, and there are ones that are more of note, but then I just wrote, the Mets continue to shuffle a never-ending parade of relievers back and forth to and from the minors. Because they're like, at this point in any given week, there's like five or six reliever transactions, because the Mets are just like, just shuffling these guys in and out. Like, I... I'm optionable arms, right? They, they prioritized optionable arms and they're finally using them. I, I do the meters every week. So I am usually like abreast whether I like it or not. I am like aware of who is on the roster and I still every week have to like look up like when it comes to the bullpen and when it comes to the starting pitching and the position players, even given the weirdness at the bottom of their order, I'm usually like pretty aware of who's on the team, but the, the bullpen, I have to look it up every week to see who's still here. Like I'm no like, shame in that game. Is Grant Hartwig still here? I don't know. Is Reed Garrett still here this week? Unclear. So, and they just, they've been like shuffling guys. Like Vinny Natoli is back now. He was not here before he's back. Sam Coonrod was activated off the injured list. Um, or well, was activated in the minor leagues, did some did some appearances in the minors and is now up. Um, so yeah, there's like a lot of ins and outs there. And so that's a problem for them if they're just trying to make the playoffs because none of these guys are very good. Um, it will be thoroughly accidental if that happens. Yes. Um, but it would be very funny. Um, on the maybe one more good pitcher note, though, um, Joey Lucchese, I would... We would be remiss if we, in Linda's absence, did not mention her man's Joey Lucchese, the churv. And Um, we were certainly going to be mentioning him regardless, but this one is definitely a little extra for... A little extra. 
Um, he pitched great in his spot start on Friday. Um, he pitched five and two thirds scoreless innings against the Cardinals um, and got the win and was really good in that game um, and was rewarded by getting sent back down again. Um, it, it to me, I mean, I know that if Linda were here, she'd be screaming about this instead of me just saying it rather calmly. Uh I think it's kind of pointless that like at this point that David Peterson is getting and Tyler McGill especially are getting these starts instead of Lucchese at this point, because Lucchese, like, yes, all three of these guys will probably be in the Mets organization next year. But I think that the Mets could get more value out of giving Lucchese a little bit more of a chance. Um, He's the closest thing they really have right now to an unknown because, it, you know, I mean, and granted, like that's, you know, it's not like they haven't tried, but, you know, he was injured for a while. But also, um, yeah, this it seems like such an obvious choice to just keep him around because they can. Um, And he's again, like he's the unknown. You pretty much know what you're getting from David Peterson. Um, But yeah, it's it's just a, a wasted opportunity. Yeah, it seems like it. And I mean, I'm not saying that Joey Lucchese is an ace or anything, but pretty much guaranteed to be a more like viewable experience than David Peterson at this point. Right. Um, I mean, even if you're just finding out, like, is he a fifth starter? Is he a seventh starter? Is he a tenth starter? Because those are all like roles that a baseball team needs to fill. Yes. But you know, you your fifth starter is going to be different from your seventh starter and it's going to be very different from your tenth starter, David Peterson. And I think at this point, they should consider calling up Mike Vassell as well. Like the, these are guys that right now the Mets have two good starting pitchers, as we said, in Kodai Senga and Jose Quintana, both clearly very good. I'm I'm very like that's been a low key bright spot of this second half as crappy as everything has been watching Jose Quintana come back from his injury and pitch really, really well, like a number three, number two has been fantastic to watch. Um, yeah, he looks great. And so having him around next season will be great. Um, The Mets have three starting pitchers who they really shouldn't be giving starts to at this point because you have Carlos Carrasco. As much as I love Cookie, he's been a mensch of the week. You know I love him. That Cookie is cooked. He has a 6.4 ERA. He's a pending free agent. Um, They don't need to learn anything else about him at this point. He is not part of the future consideration, whereas Joey Lucchese, Mike Vassell might be, even if they're on the periphery and they shouldn't be penciling either of these guys into the like one of the starting five rotation spots for next year. We should at least know if these guys are viable depth heading into next season. Um yeah. That's information that they need to learn. And I think that they have learned about Tyler McGill and David Peterson that they are not viable depth beyond. I mean, maybe they are like, like you said, Maggie, like 10th starters, which is fine to have in the organization. But I think that they've learned just about enough (laughs) from McGill and Peterson to know what they are at this point. And they should try something else. Especially Joey Lucchese. Yes. Churve. More starts for the Churve. I think that he will be back in September. I think Lucchese is almost a guaranteed September call-up. I know that the September call-ups are like less, are fewer in number now, but I think Lucchese will be among them almost certainly. Um, Speaking of guys that lots of people said just needed a chance, Mark Vientos sadly was getting that chance, but he is now on the IL with wrist tendonitis. So Abraham Almonte is now uh, back on the roster. And so... 
the Mets yeah. have a an infield that consists of a lot of Jonathan Arrows and Danny Mendick and stuff like that. <laughs> I feel so bad for Vientos because this has just been kind of a it this could have been his year. Yeah. Like there was he he'd had a little taste last year. There was ample opportunity. And I mean, sure, it the inconsistent playing time didn't help, but also he was not good. Right. Even considering that factor. And then and now, you know, he's he's stuck again. And it's and it's the wrist, which also and the other part of that is like if his wrist was barking for a while, then that's gonna pretty much knock out the power in his bat. So um you don't know if it was if it had something to do with how he's been hitting, but it's all it's it's just been kind of a bummer of a year for him. I really I feel sorry that it seemed on paper like it would be the perfect year for him to step in and and do his thing. And it just didn't happen. Yeah, especially because, you know, Brett Beatty struggled. So that was Mark Vientos's opening. Right. Um, for him to play out the rest of the season in a relatively low stress environment, um, without the pressure of needing to like, without the pressure that existed in 2022 when he was called up and it was like, all right, Mark Vientos time to be the savior of the Mets in September way to go. Um, that's not, that pressure is not there this year. And so it was kind of an ideal environment for him to try to succeed um and it sucks that he went down with that injury so it's unfortunate um another injury update of note is that starling Marte is seeking a second opinion on his groin issue uh i'm not making a joke i'm not making a joke (laughs) currently on the il with um and that's seeking a second opinion is almost like never good because it means the first opinion was like not good news You but usually I also, don't seek I recall, a second opinion like, when you get good news about something. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, I think the doctor who had been weighing in on this, the, the first opinion in this case, I think was the doctor who did the surgery. Yes, um, I think that's correct. So I do, you know, I do sort of understand if things aren't going great, you maybe want a new set of eyes on that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not a good sign. Yeah. And like, obviously this season it doesn't matter anymore right like he can just rest (laughs) like he can be done he can be shut down um actually unlike the infielders that have come up the outfielders that have come up have done pretty well in in his place Mm -hmm. Rafael Ortega and DJ Stewart have actually played quite well which is contributing to the Mets not being quite as unwatchable of late um DJ so Stewart is having his John Buck moment. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Um, and like I know the underlying metrics are not pointing to some sort of DJ Stewart renaissance or anything like that. Um, but the you know he he did make a swing change this season, and that might be bearing fruit. We'll see. I think we need a bit of a bigger sample size to find that out for sure. Um, but he he DJ Stewart is not a free agent until twenty twenty six. So I think keeping him in the organization is worthwhile. He's cheap and can be a viable bench bat if this is for real. So that's cool to find out. Yeah. Um, A plus. Go DJ. Uh, But yeah, it's it's unfortunate, you know, looking at the future outfield picture, you know, you kind of had 
Uh, Nimmo, obviously, uh, in ink, uh, starting center fielder for the next while. And Starling Marte still has two more years on his contract. And if this groin issue is like, you know, he already had surgery on it and it's back and it's becoming this like chronic thing that's zapping him of his speed. Uh, that's like really not good <laughs> for the rest of his Mets tenure. That does not uh, bode well for, you know, from the perspective of age-related decline. So Sure does not. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, I'm sure that the, I'm sure we'll get updates on that as, as they, as they emerge. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Speaking of updates on things as they emerge, we will shift gears from talking about the Mets uh, to talking about wider baseball things. Um, there are, uh, we don't, we still don't know much about the Wander Franco situation. There's no, the investigation is not wrapped up. It is still ongoing. We have not learned what MLB has found out. Um, but there have been like, you know, rumors and reports and little nuggets here and there, and none of them are good. <laughs> um, as we, right after we recorded last week, like literally, I think 30 minutes after we stopped recording, um, it was reported that the attorney general of the Dominican Republic said that there is a complaint filed by a minor against Wander Franco, and it's not the same person that was the subject of those social media posts that uh, were the initial, uh, that this news broke initially. Um, so that's not a good situation at all. That's not good. Uh, yeah, already so, we're we're getting into trouble situation here. Yeah. Um, and according to a person with knowledge of the manner matter, quote, there are many people involved and more minors involved. So as soon as it was minors, plural, plural, oof, that really not good. Like more minors in addition to. So it's not like minors, plural, there's two. If yes. there's at least two in addition to the ones we know about. That's exactly. Oh my god, it's really, I, I, I keep really thinking bad. I want more news on it because it can't be any worse than where my imagination is going, but it absolutely can be worse. But I still want it more can. updates because it's really it's just an awful situation and um bad for baseball. I mean bad for every human being involved, but it's also it's bad for baseball, it's bad for the Rays. I mean, my God, can you imagine if there's other players involved in this? God, I hope not. I hope not. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is I caveat this huge, huge asterisk. This is my own speculation and opinion. This is not a fact. This is not reporting. I don't know anything. This is just, you know, where my brain goes. But when you have the attorney general of the Dominican Republic saying there uh, there's other there's complaints uh, being filed by other minors, when people close to the investigation are saying there are multiple minors involved, this is. You, then you go from serial, you know, rapist to sex trafficking. Like, that's where you go. And that's, that's the scale that this seems that the implication seems to be that we are at here. 
right. that it's just a really really bad i hope it's not that i I mean i hope it's not not anything but i think that i think that the chances of this being like a big old nothing burger are pretty low at this point it's something i just hope it's not the worst possible thing like so awful it's really it's really sad when you're talking about like god i i hope that this is just not like when you're trying to minimize the amount of harm when you're trying to like god i hope as few people were harmed as possible and it's not like dozens and dozens like lots and lots of people being harmed um but we'll we'll see we'll get a better sense of the scale of this when major league baseball wraps up its investigation um but hector gomez did report and I'll caveat this by saying that Hector Gomez has been inaccurate about things in the past, but not about things involving Dominican players. Um, He was the one that broke the Wander Franco extension when it happened initially, and he was right about that. And he had it like three days before anybody else. Um, But he has occasionally, you know, reported things that are inaccurate, but not about Dominican players, because that is where he has his boots on the ground. Um, So for this particular narrow set of circumstances, I do think that he at least trust. I trust saying I trust him is a strong word, but I at least know that he he has sources in the Dominican that know this stuff. Um, So Hector Gomez reported that according to a person close to the investigations, quote, it will be very unlikely that Wander Franco will play in the MLB again, judging by the results of the investigations that are currently being carried out, which directly commit him to the accusations against him. So basically, like he did the bad stuff and he's never playing baseball again. Um. Yeah. Again, this is not this is not like this is a person connected to the investigations. This is not MLB officially saying this or bringing down any sort of suspension. But the fact that people are even saying this to a reporter, not good, not good at all. Yeah. Oof. Heavy stuff. It's really bad. And I just yeah, My, there's there's nothing more to say other than this is terrible and we'll we'll talk more about it when we know more about it um stay tuned sigh heavy sigh stay tuned um a a less uh a more a slightly more (laughs) lighthearted baseball fail this week in a reason to be angry at somebody that isn't a human rights violation literally (laughs) exactly um this weekend i took the form of a 45 year old white man for a reason i can only fail up we have frequent flyer john angelos again (laughs) um i would like to say that um my suggestion that this entire episode just be um allison reading this interview with him and me making fart noises behind her the whole time um that idea was nixed but I think when you start to hear some of the stuff that he said, you'll be able to imagine it and appreciate it as I envisioned it. I was going to say, we can like either insert the fart noises in post or, uh, you know, you can like in your head imagine that like fart noises are playing <laughs> as I read this. Uh, so you can actually hear the words, but like in your brain, um, we're, yeah. we're making fart noises like spiritually as I read this. And you uh, might get confused because you hear the words and you're like, wait a second, he's just saying fart noises, but actually they are words. They are words. They don't make coherent. They make sentences, but they're not coherent sentences. So <laughs> yeah, someone called it Kendall Roy level babble, which is, yes, perfect. I mean, I didn't I haven't watched Succession, but 
from what I said, it was taken off of the black blurb of a copy of Economics for Dummies. Yes. Yes. It sounds like it sounds like what like I said that it sounds like what someone what a high school student who didn't do the reading would like write in their AP econ exam. Anyway, this is what John Angelos said. Well, that's a good question. But let's say we sat down and showed you the financials for the Orioles. Yes. Let's, let's say that. Let's yeah, let's, let's do, do that. Let's stop you right promised there. to do that and still haven't done it. You promised to do that months ago and still haven't done it, by the way. Like, also, oh, Angelos, you called my bluff. Yep. What I want is for you to open the financials for the Orioles. Let's say. <laughs> let's say. You will quickly see that when people talk about giving this player 200 million, that player 150 million, we would be so financially underwater that you'd have to raise the prices massively. Now, somebody has to tell them that you don't need to give them the 200 million all at the same time. I feel uh, like <laughs> I right. feel like this seems to be a key piece of misunderstanding. Right. Now, are people going to come and pay that? I don't know if we're at the limit to your point. I don't know if we're in equilibrium. <laughs> I can't do this. I don't know if we're in equilibrium, elasticity, supply and demand. Maybe we are, but really, that's just one team. What I'm, sh- what okay, I'm really you get through it right there. What I'm really trying to think about is macro. Just macro. It's like just- he's like my job is macro. <laughs> my job is just macro. macro. That's the episode title, by the way. My job is macro. <laughs> <laughs> I um I didn't think about I mean, obviously this line works so much. The basic rule of like of we can't pay players more because then it would be so expensive. But the we still have yet to ever see uh payroll going down and ticket prices also going down. Right, right, right. So he'll have to, sorry, John Angelos, you'll have to forgive my skepticism, um, given that you're a liar who won't actually show anybody anything. Um, but you do use big words like equilibrium. Me. I don't know if we're in equilibrium, elasticity, supply and demand. He's just literally like throwing out random economics buzzwords, like just all in one sentence. Supply and demand, things of that nature. <laughs> Like, I, what, man, what? And, man. And why is he letting this man talk? So I know, I realize he's like Seriously. the boss boss, but there has to be somebody whose job it is to keep the rich guy from saying stuff like this. I mean, please. If it's, I was that rich, I would pay somebody to stop me from saying stuff like this. It's so deeply unfortunate that this Orioles team is so fun and so exciting and so good. And... All of that is being clouded by this organization continually stepping on rakes this whole season, like from the Kevin Brown stuff to this, to the to all the stuff that John Angelos has said this year and like pretending to be like highly insulted that a reporter would dare ask him about the Orioles on MLK Day of all days, this sacred day. I remember that, by the way. I'm just imagining him everywhere going like, oh. Like, like, like just <gasps> gasping everywhere at how appalled he is at all these terrible things being said, like grabbing his chest. Like, that's got to be a big move for him. Like, oh, <gasps> yeah. What I'm really trying to think about his macro. Oh, I'm never going to get over that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really pretty pathetic. Um, and just and- a good reminder that um, plenty of people get rich 
not from being extra smart, which there's no evidence that John Angelos is extra anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's well, it's it's right there in the segment title. He can only fail up. Yeah, that is. Yeah, there's there's no. um, There's what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, I don't have it, but I'm sure if I was a billionaire, I'd be able to come up with it. Yeah, it's just it's he's just so embarrassing to himself and everybody nearby. And yet it will never um, it'll never come out that way. I'll always be like, oh, Jen, John Angelos, what a great guy. We go to the club. Yeah, like, and the implication, the greater implication here, and if you read the, like, rest of the article, I I said the funniest part out loud. But if you read the rest of the article, the implication that he's talking about here is that, like, he's not going to be able to keep... It's the same thing that um, that, uh, Phil Castellini was talking about at the beginning of the season, um, where like, ooh, we have a lot of good young players, but they're not going to be on our team for long. Like, it's the, it's the same thing. He basically is preempting, like, oh no, we're not going to be able to like hold on to Gunnar Henderson and and all of our uh, Adley Rushman and and Grayson Rodriguez and all these exciting young players that are leading us to this really awesome season we're having. Like, oh, and we're going to have to raise prices dramatically before the Orioles even play in a postseason game. He's saying this shit. Like, this is this is what he's saying basically he's he's shrouding it but he's saying like oh this young core not for long guys jeez man yeah i and i don't know i guess this is just one of those things too where i feel like um this is where you end up when baseball is largely run by pe- people who don't like baseball yep yep and it's just yeah it's it's really unfortunate because again, the Orioles have this really fun team that, but he's already, he's already like lowering the expectations for the future when this team is winning now. Um, it's, it's really, really sad. And I just, it makes me angry. <laughs> and it's like, like, uh, I think it was Robert Orr who pointed this out um, when, when uh, who quote tweeted this and pointed this out but like obviously we don't see we don't know the Orioles financials because he's never going to reveal them but for teams where we do know their financials like the publicly traded teams where it is required of them to share their financials we know they're making money hand over fist so why like what makes you think that the Orioles are any different than that like Present me with evidence that the Orioles are facing a different situation than any other baseball team. They're all making massive amounts of money. Yep. In fact, one of the only people I'm willing to believe is taking a financial hit is actually Steve Cohen when he says that. And he actually said he's willing to take a financial hit for a little while to, to, create a perpetually competitive team i believe him because the mets are breaking payroll records the orioles are not doing that in fact they're doing the opposite of that the only teams that have ever had their books open for whatever reason usually because they're public or whatnot are swimming in money all the time yes money pours into the league from media at an ungodly rate and if teams really need to 
decline to resign even a single star. Um, if that's what they need to do to keep their head above water, then they suck at this and should be taken over by somebody who can make money running one of the most popular games, just as an example. Like everybody else manages to, but right. Yeah. So that, uh, that's the situation with the Baltimore Orioles. They are an amazing baseball team, but their owner sucks. And, the organization keeps like, you know, taking away from the success of the product on the field by having like by giving quotes like this and doing to Kevin Brown what they did and stuff like that. Uh, not, not good. Super rough, man. Um, But <sighs> we will, yeah. you know, uh, but we will instead of baseball making us sad, we will end the show this week like we always do with walk off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Maggie Wigan, what is your walk off win for this week? This has been sort of one of those weird like end of summer kind of weeks where not a lot happened. But I did realize I was going to do the pool because we had a great pool day yesterday. And I remember, no, we've already I already did the pool for a walk-off win. I was like, ah, what about the beach? Nope, nope. We did one of those for a walk-off win too. So I decided to do like a all-inclusive summer fun walk-off win. And that this one will also include camp because had an amazing time at camp this year, A plus camp stuff. And between like camp and uh, swimming and they did, they got all kinds of like advancement in their swim uh, levels. And, you know, Camp, swim, pool, beach, beautiful parks, sprinklers out the wazoo. It's just been a really A-plus summer, good city logistics for that kind of thing. So, yes, thank you, Summer, for being awesome. Amazing. Yeah. I I will give it a live update that the Mets are winning now. I, I See, when I record the podcast, they don't record in a room with the game on. And so I sometimes I don't know what's happening and the Mets put up five runs in the fourth inning and are now winning or five, sorry, four runs in the fifth inning. I inverted those four runs in the fifth inning and are now winning seven to four in the sixth. I will just sit back oh, and it's 10 that to that's... four. It's 10 to four now. I but don't know. We what have 10, happened. but the Mets we have, have 10. 10. The Mets. Oh, the Mets do indeed have 10. I don't know Golly. how that just happened, but, uh, not gonna, not gonna question it. Not good. Oh, Just Francisco gonna... Lindor hit a homer. Yay, Yay. a three-run homer. Francisco Lindor hit a three-run homer. That's very exciting. Just now, or was that Just the 10? Now. That was, that yeah, that, a... that's how it became, t- went from seven to 10. Gotcha. Very a exciting. plus. Yay, Francisco Lindor, we love you. Francisco Lindor. I, I will say, because Linda and I both had pretty that uh, I think Linda and I are maybe the only two don't fact check us. The only two whose whose um amazing avenue preseason bold predictions are like still possible. Um, Linda said that like Co- I think Linda said Kodai Senga is going to have the most strikeouts. I know she said that like Kodai Senga is going to be like the best starting pitcher on the team in some way. I think she said that Kodai Seng is going to have the most strikeouts of any of the Mets Probably already does. Which is, yeah, already probably true and going to be true, most likely, by at the end of the season. Um, So hers, check. 
Um, mine is that Lindor is going to have a 30-30 season. Not check Ooh. yet, but still possible. Getting close, yeah. Yeah, Lindor, he already I has a 2020 one. season. He reached 20 stolen bases on uh, Monday, I think, or Tuesday, early early last week. Um, and he was the first uh, Met to have a 2020 season in like 15 years. Um, and so he's he's on his way. I mean, obviously, it'll be tough uh to reach that many like get 10 more stolen bases in like a month but he can do anyone it. can pull it off i think he can do it and that was his 23rd home run so he needs seven more home runs for 30 home runs and then i think he needs nine more stolen bases because i think he stole another base last week but after i think the 20th. seven is not a guarantee but i think it's actually like very reachable yeah, especially yeah. with dollars for dingers coming up when everybody oh, knows yes. the ball goes flying for dollars for dingers. Please, Francisco. Oh, my God. I, I think I, you know what? I I've already I've officially decided live on the pod. My one one of my extras, if not my only extra, maybe I'll do other extras, but definitely I will have an extra if Lindor hits like a 30 30 season. I'll kick in like 30 that is a more very bucks. good extra 30 more bucks if Lindor hits. A 30-30 season. Obviously. Gotta keep with the 30 theme. So if yes. Lindor reaches 30-30 season, add 30 bucks to my dollars for Dingers donation. Love it. You heard it here first. All right. <laughs> Circling back to my walk-off win. Allison, um, what's your walk-off win? <laughs> yes. Nobody ever asks you. <laughs> no one ever asks me. I just jump I'm in asking. and I jump in and give it when nobody asks me. <laughs> <laughs> I force it upon you, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, my walk-off win is that um Blue had a really good first day of daycare today. I'm so proud of you, Blue. Yeah, the pop. Um, I was, I mean, not that I was nervous about it from I wasn't anxious about it from like a, you know, I thought that she would like get in a tussle with another dog perspective because she loves literally every dog, which is why this is so good for her. But you know, daycare can be a lot. Um, for a puppy. Um, Tell me about it. Oh yeah, puppy, <laughs> puppy. <laughs> I, also, it can be a lot for a human too. Um, it it just can be a lot. Like every, humans and puppies know. It's like you know everybody. It, all these new potential friends all coming at you at once. You're not ready for it. Um, sensory overwhelm a lot can happen and you know i wasn't worried about her making friends i was more worried about her like misbehaving um and being a jerk because <laughs> we're in the peak of like teenage puppy phase she's nine months old and she um you know just as an example before before we left for daycare she destroyed our comforter and <laughs> now we need a new one so he's like you're not my real mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah she like whenever she's awake for too long before one of us notices that she's awake uh that's a recipe for disaster because she's like if you do not engage with me immediately upon my waking up i will choose something i'm not supposed to that's a certified blue guarantee <laughs> um so you know it can be a, like hit or miss with puppy teenage phase uh a lot of destruction destructive behavior a lot of pretending she didn't learn the commands that she learned in training um and all that sort of stuff so i did have some anxiety about it especially like you know you even if you know that your baby's gonna do great you don't want to you get nervous to leave them she didn't care at all that i was leaving she like i unclipped her harness and she sprinted <laughs> away and was like bye 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess I'll see you later. Um, and got an email halfway through the day that she was doing great and she was currently settling in for nap time. Today was technically her like trial period, uh, our dog daycare which I think this is a very good policy, does like a trial day um, where if your dog does well, then you can keep going there. But if they have a mishap or something, it's like maybe you might want to wait or try somewhere else that might be a better fit. Understandable. Um, but blue passed with flying colors. Um, and so it's great. Yeah, because Michael is back at school now. And so um, we <laughs> we need a puppy daycare two days a week when I'm in the office uh, and she had a great first day and it's a walk off win for her because she's happy and it's a walk off win for us because she comes home tired <laughs> and ready to nap some more. So that is good for everyone involved. So that is my walk off win. Um, in the meantime, you can go to Amazing Avenue. No, you can't. Oh, my God. Ah. Oh. I made that mistake for the first time, I think. No, no, we are not connected with amazingfu.com anymore. Although Linda and I do still You can go there there for other nice things. You can go there for other nice things, but you can't go there for us. Uh, You can go to homerunapplesauce.com. That is the The first time I've made that mistake. You can go to homerunapplesauce.com to check out all of our fantastic podcasts. You can support our work. Uh, connected to the fact that we're no longer supported by uh, Vox and Amazing Avenue, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash homerun applesauce to help support our podcast. Keep the lights on. It really, really helps. Please, please, please. If you're considering becoming a patron, please do so. Um, you can find the podcast on whatever your favorite podcast app is. Just search Home Run Applesauce. You can find us right there. All of our fantastic shows are all in one feed for you. You can follow Home Run Applesauce on Twitter and Instagram at HR Applesauce. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram and Blue Sky and TikTok at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter and Blue Sky. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Maggie? At Maggie162. And Linda is at Linda Serovich. You can follow each of us. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there's no crying in podcast.